Welcome to the My Muy Bueno Chefs Get Personal podcast. I'm your host, Justine Murphy, founder and CEO of My Muy Bueno. I'll be interviewing a different chef each fortnight, but asking the very same questions and their answers are all very different, which is what makes each interview so inspiring. And welcome back for what is our penultimate episode. We've got our season finale coming up next. And yeah, all systems go for what's been an absolutely amazing season so far. But it's not over yet. We've got today's amazing chef. He is brilliantly talented, actually super humble too. Uh, I know opinions are divided sometimes about this particular person, but ultimately it's because you just don't know him. I am very proud to call him a friend. I'm talking about the amazing chef Adam Handling, everyone. So let's get personal. Let's hear a little bit more from the man himself and I'll join you again after Adam Handling. Adam Handling, welcome. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thanks. It's Busy. good to be here. Good to have you. Busy as ever, I'm sure. Yeah, there's no, no time in the day. You could, you could definitely do with more hours, that's for sure. Always. Well, no, actually, I said this recently. Like, I said to someone, I need like 50 hours in the day. And someone was like, what, Justine? So you could work like 45 of them. It'd be exactly the same. We'd be asking for 70 hours or 80 hours. You and me, both. Yeah. We're fighters. <laughs> we are. We are. <laughs> right. How old are you, Adam? I'm 34. 34. Yes. And you had your birthday very recently. I did, last week. Happy birthday. Thank you. I, I good feel week. like I'm getting old. Yeah, I did. Well, good month, to be fair. Oh, I'd, right. uh, I'd taken away lots of restaurants, lots of wine, lots more wine, some more champagne, some more wine, <laughs> lots of friends, lots of parties. It was. Uh, you like your wine. I do like Adam. my wine. <laughs> my friends like to take me out on different types of surprises. Well, that's nice. It's good. It's like an Easter egg hunt for a birthday. That's great. I love that. <laughs> Very thoughtful. Yeah, I know. It's great. And good to blow off steam. Working yeah. so hard. So got to work hard, play hard. You need a holiday after uh, your birthday holiday, that's for sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I need to go back to Ibiza again and just lie back on a beach. Oh, that was amazing. Oh, love Ibiza. Oh, my God. Right. How old were you when you first started cooking professionally? I started cooking professionally um, at 16 years old, actually 10 days after my, my 16th birthday, the 27th of September. So what's the date now? I'm out. What's the date today? What's the date today? My, my phone's off. It is the 24th. Oh, it was almost 19 years, I think it was. Not, uh, to this week, to the day? Yeah, in two days' time, or 18 years, I can't remember. That's pretty good. Yeah. Where was your first place? Glen Eagles Hotel in Scotland. Okay. okay. Wow. Got the job when I was 15, and um, my mum wouldn't let me take the job. She was like, no, no, you have to finish your... In Scotland, it's called standard grade. England, it's called GCSEs. Right. I was like, why? One, I'm going to fail them. Yeah. And two, I just don't need them anymore. I'm going to be a chef. And she's like, no, no, you're still doing them. <laughs> so she called up Glen Eagles to say, he's still got his GCSEs to do. He can't take the job. And they were like, I actually... They thought I was older than what I was. They didn't know I was only you 15 really at the time. You were already when you were 15. I was a tall, skinny little pencil. <laughs> And uh, now I'm just tall and fat. <laughs> and she called them up and she says, no, no, they have to do this. They ha he has to finish GCSEs, either postpone it or um, he'll apply next year. Right. And uh, this was probably around about April time. Okay. And they were actually really nice. They, they called me and says, enjoy the last summer holidays of your life. You can start 10 days after your 16th birthday on the 27th of September. And I thought that was quite nice. One, they kept it open for me for that long. Yeah. Uh, and two, 
it was the last summer holiday I ever had. Ever, ever. <laughs> so I really did enjoy it then. On the hamster wheel ever since. Yep, big Love time. Love it. That's amazing. Okay. What's your earliest and fondest first memory of food? My mum was a stay-at-home mum, so okay. she would always look after the kids and she'd always bake. And I'd always love walking in the house to the smell of bread. Okay. And I think that real smell of bread is comforting yeah. in, in, in every aspect of life. But she would also make things like little chocolate truffles. Uh, she, she would play a lot with the sweet side of things because okay. she, wouldn't, she wouldn't put refined sugars inside of foods. Okay. She'd try and keep it as natural as possible. So lots of honey, lots of agave, that that's sort of... That's great. That back then, especially, people always were just reaching for I the white I think I was as hyper they... as hell back then as I am now. So she was trying to turn <laughs> Don't it down. Don't need anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Anything. <laughs> yeah. So it was just the, the whole pastry side of things. You know, like jam sponges... Or, or um, like little chocolate truffle, little things yeah, like oh that. It was great. Everything else, terrible, terrible cooking. Okay. <laughs> that side of stuff, loved it. Great. Okay, love that. So, which chefs inspire you most and why? I suppose throughout my career it's changed a lot. Well, not so much the chefs I inspire, but I mean, new inspirations come. You know, I would say probably one of my very first inspirational chefs was uh, Tom Akins. Still is to this day, but he was probably the first big one. And I, I love I, I loved the fact that he can put loads of components on a plate and they all work incredibly well. And I remember the first meal I had there. In fact, I did two starters in his kitchen when I was younger. Really? Yeah, one when I was 18 and one when I was like, I think maybe 20 or 21. I went back for again. No way. Um, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was, I thought it was amazing. I loved the, I loved the synergy, the fire. Uh, obviously the discipline. Yes. In that kitchen. <laughs> um, but I, I really did enjoy it. Okay. Um, yeah, that was good. He's amazing. He, he so is. talented and an amazing human as well. And he? he has a great restaurant too, which is awesome. Uh, and then going, uh, you know, further on in my career, things like uh, Gareth Ward from Inesir, for him, for me, he is like the, the, the most humble, the most gentle, but fierce chef. And when I say fierce, I mean, he puts himself on a plate. He doesn't care necessarily what anyone thinks about his food. He yeah. cooks food he wants to eat. Yes. And my God, I want to eat it too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have to admit, so that's, good. that's probably one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. It's incredible. Isn't it, in this year? It's incredible. It's I just, can't wait to go back. It doesn't stop though. It's just uh, like, add another amazing, add another yeah, amazing dish. Yeah, for sure. I um, loved it there. So good. Really, really good. And then, you know, there's loads of chefs around the world. Uh, Tristan from Zen in Singapore. You were just there recently as well, right? Yeah, so I, I think the food that he does is is absolutely off the chart. Incredible. Uh, Kirk Westwood from the ja also in Singapore as well. Yeah, you know, he's he's a gentle he's a gentle gentle chef, but he cooks incredibly well. Uh, man, the chefs out there are incredible. There's so much, so many inspire me. There are, there are, and you've mentioned three out of four who have already been on this season's podcast too. So look at that, oh, well, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> we've done Tristan before for the old way that we did interviews. So yeah. there you go. We've actually ticked them all off. So good. Thank you for that. Okay, moving on. What are your two favourite cookbooks and why? My two favourite cookbooks. Sat Bain's cookbook is absolutely stunning. Great. Super, super stunning. Um, and I took a lot of inspiration from that book when I was younger. Sat Baines was one of my favorite chefs growing up from the get-go. Okay. Still is. Okay. Still is. There's no doubt about that now. You know, Sat Baines' food is phenomenal. His book's great. 11 Madison Park. Right. I would say their new ones are awesome. Nice. Uh, I would say, yeah, they're my two favorite cookbooks. Great. And talking of cookbooks, you have your own... Drum roll, please. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, so I have three cookbooks, well, three books coming out in uh, December the 7th, actually. Oh, my goodness. 2022. That's It's taken exciting. me years and years and years to do. Because uh, they're huge, right? Yeah, massive. so well, there's a box set of three, and it's, a, it's about just over a thousand pages. I don't know the exact number, a thousand, thousand, one hundred, two hundred pages. It was, it's mental. It's a lot. But it's basically, a lot of work, it, a lot of love has uh, gone into it is. all of it. And at the end of the day, when I'm making something or doing anything, I want to do it the best I possibly can. I don't care if it's better than somebody else's or I don't care if it's worse than somebody else's. Uh, you know, I do, I do my stuff for me. Yeah. So I'm doing one book called Frog and it's all about the journey of how the frog's been. You know, the frog's my flagship Michelin restaurant. Um, it's been, I've had the building for six and a half years. It's been open for five and a bit. And, and what, I, what we do there, I think is really lovely, but it also showcases me and my, my group quite nicely. Another, it's the evolution of... It is. Okay. It is. It's, nice. the, it's the evolution of the restaurant. Um, so a little bit more elegant, a lot more simple, quite, quite feminine designed book. Okay. Uh, lots of flowers. There's, I think there's about 100 hand-painted pieces of art in the book as well. Oh, wow. So it's, uh, it's, it's really, really lovely. It's a real coffee table book as well. It, it, yes, it's, it's, it's nice. All very textured as well. Okay. And then the other one's Why Waste? So, you know, everyone knows I'm an advocate for zero waste cooking and sustainability and eating from the, eating from the UK. Yeah. So this book is more of a foraging guide. It's okay. more of a, um, an art of fermentation. Right. Um, and then it's got a storytelling about things we normally throw away. So there's one hero dish okay. in every category. Right. And then the rest dishes are all made from waste from this dish. Say, for example, every ingredient that's inside of it is found. Okay. So when I say found, I mean game. Okay. You know, you have to control the, the venison population yeah. for biodiversity of rainforests or just forests. We don't have rainforests yeah. in this country. You know, <laughs> fuck it up. Uh, biodiversity of forests. Um, so you have, to, you have to shoot it. So how do you use it? Okay. Game birds, exactly the same way. And then everything that's lying caught in the sea. So nothing's trolled. There's no beef. There's no lamb. There's no pork. There's none of them. It's all what we eat from the land. No vanilla. Use meadow sweet. No um, coconut. Use gorse flowers. Wow. And it's all about utilizing what there is in this country. Now, there's no doubt about it. I love, I love the flavor of Asia. Yeah. Make your own oyster sauce with oysters from this country. You know, we make our own soy sauce using, uh, actually, we don't use soybeans in it. We, we ferment our leftover sourdoughs. Um, I, 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 really? Yeah. I've been working hard as hell to try and make as much of what we buy from the other side of the world in this country. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Um, so making kimchi with cauliflower leaves. You know, you, there's probably, I would say, 10 store items that uh, you can't get from the UK itself. Yeah. But the rest is all, the rest is all been done by us. And we were wrapping, our, I love soy sauce because I love umami. Yeah. I don't tend to use a lot of salt in my food. So I utilize things that I can find flavor for to, to bring it up. Yeah. And then um, we're like, okay, we use soy and everything. How the hell do we make our own? Right. And we've been developing and developing and developing. And it's utilizing only food waste to make this. And it tastes more of a light soy. It's not a dark one. It's not a sticky one. And um, we nailed it. And it's just like, oh, thank God for that. Wow. Took forever. But it's a book that's got my heart and soul in. Sounds like it. Super. super, Sharing that with everyone. I mean, it's huge. Oh, big time. You know, the books contain all the proper recipes. Chicken butter recipe. You know, (laughs) everything. Oh, my God. This is a someone can open a frog. Yeah. Of their own. Literally, franchise of the uh, eight by numbers. With this book. This and, yeah. okay, wow. and then the third one is called um, Perfect Three Cherries. Too much hard work for anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> no one will. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect Three Cherries. It's based on um, our Eve bar, so it's based on our bars. Okay. It was very fun to do a cocktail book right. made by a chef. 
Okay. Yeah. So what we did is we split them into five, the five categories of, okay. of grains and, and, and all of that sort of stuff. And then we went from classics, which you can't change. They are what they are. Yeah. You know, there's only one way to make a bloody Negroni. So only one way to make a Manhattan. You know, it, yeah. it's the rules. But then the other ones are um, food waste versions of that drink. Um, okay. So the, the reason it's called Perfect Three Cherries is my favorite drink is a Manhattan that's perfect and I always ask for three cherries in it. So we created this drink with a whole cherry tree in, in there. So the blossom, the uh, the twigs and the stone and the cherry itself. So it's like a huh. complete waste uh, Manhattan, super tasty. But just to have fun with it and also utilizing food waste from the other books in there to make distills, to make shrubs, to make stuff like that. Wow. They all kind of link together, but they're, you know, perfectly usable on their own as well. And these books have been forwarded by some pretty, pretty awesome people. Yeah. I think they've got, uh, in total, they've probably got about 20, 25 forwards what? between them all. And it's from people where they're all my heroes. That's so and cool. And for, the, for, for them to, to, to read a few of the pages and think, shit me, this is going to be awesome. And then put their name on it for one. It was uh, very, very... I was super happy. Super proud. And a little bit surreal as well. Sure. Because uh, you proud always... Proud pinch me moments, I think. It is. You always want to impress your heroes. And obviously when they'll be like, you know, that's pretty special. You feel like... Having that clout, that credibility from those very people who oh, matter. Sure. Their opinion matters so yeah, much yeah, yeah. to you, you know. I, I don't give a shit huge. about... I don't give a shit about the rest of the people that... No, no, talk smack not. behind my back, but... <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> They'll all buy the book then, won't you rest me? <laughs> They'll all secretly follow on Instagram to see how I'm doing, but not actually follow me. It's like, mate, you know, you're only pushing... Never like anything, always watch the stories. Oh, yeah. You're only pushing me up Google Analytics when you do that. It's (laughs) like, come on. People don't understand that. If you don't follow someone and you continually watch what they do, they go higher up the analytics than they would if you weren't... Outside people coming, not the people, yeah. But if you're following them, you don't move up. Right. You know what, while you were talking about all that and about the cocktails... I was just like, why don't you have a vineyard? Surely that's the next thing. You need to get a vineyard and have your own wine. Because then imagine you like, I mean, it's got to happen. It's got to. I would would love my own vineyard completely. Uh, I work with a vineyard already um, to make our own. uh, But to actually have 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 that own. Don't tease me. (laughs) Don't tease me. (laughs) (laughs) Nicola's going to be listening to this. Be like, please say no, please say no. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's the operations she's that fucking hell not another right, project yes, exactly. <laughs> sign the seed now that would be amazing now. Oh my Nicola, god get looking for some land exactly <laughs> and then you can have like people come over and you could do events and oh, food and why don't, oh, don't tease oh my me god. don't tease me <laughs> okay right I've lost track of what question we're on <laughs> okay which two ingredients could you not live without hmm. I love kimchi right okay but obviously the one made from cauliflower leaves from this country. Yes, of course, exactly. Because I think you can add that to any... That's actually one of my, one of my main ingredients I add to a lot of different dishes. Right. It brings umami, it brings sourness, it brings a hell of a lot of flavour rather than using salt. Okay. Well, technically you salt the cauliflower leaves after, but you wash them off. But it brings a lot of umami to it. My second one would be chilli. Okay. I love chilli as well. I, I, love, I, I love the base of chilli flavour okay. rather do than, than the heat. But you can add anything as subtle as you like just to get that really, really nice flavour. Barbecuing it or uh, just using it as an infusion. Um, Drying the seeds out, making it into a powder. Loads of different ways that you can just add another level of flavour to something, being it mild or punchy. Okay, nice. I've never said chilli before. I usually say cauliflower because I love to eat it, but no. Well, I guess well now that the kimchi's got made from cauliflower leaves, I guess that kind of... Well, yeah, I didn't think of that. (laughs) 
Yeah. There you go. Chili. Like it. Good. What is your favourite comfort food to cook at home? Ramen. Ooh, good. Or I just order KFC, to be fair. Oh, dirty. Dirty, dirty. Yeah, I, I get a big... Nando's. Uh, okay, see. I love Nando's. Yeah, I, I love Nando's too. I do order that a few times, but there's nothing better than uh, getting a family feast bucket, getting completely naked, putting an apron on, sitting on the sofa, eating it on your own, watching TV. Thanks for the, uh, thanks for the visual. <laughs> Na- naked because you don't want to get your clothes greasy. That's why you put an apron on. Oh, my God. And you're on your own. You're comfortable. You're in your house watching a movie. You're watching Netflix. So now we all know how you decompress. Oh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> Naked with a box of KFC. Done. <laughs> Bargain bucket. Right there. It's literally a family feast. You know, exactly. These things are designed for five people and it's just me and my own. With a bottle of crude. 100%. Oh my gosh. Love it. Okay. If you could eat, not one that you've been to before, one you want to go to. If you could eat at any Michelin star restaurant in the world today, where would it be and why? Hmm. That's a bloody hard question to be fair. Somewhere on your list that you haven't been yet. Have you done Franzen? No. Yeah, I, yeah. I would. Do I, would, I, would I, I think one place I would love to eat that haven't is Franzen. There we go. <laughs> I ate in Zen last okay. month. Okay. How was that? It was amazing in Singapore. Oh my god, it blew my bloody mind. Tristan is a phenomenal chef. He's probably one of my heroes as well, actually. Okay. His food was just off the fucking charts. He, his food was great. So to, to eat at Franzen's has a lot to live up to if it's going to beat Zen. Franzen is amazing. Zen in my mind, and there's no doubt it would be Probably. awesome as well. Yes. Alchemist, have you been there? I haven't. Okay. I haven't really spent so much time that neck of the That's woods. Nice. It's really cool over there. Yeah. Really, they're doing yeah. amazing We need to go together. Yes, done. <laughs> well, that's it. Then who would you mean as your guest? You. Me. You come with me. <laughs> okay what do you look for in a good chef someone that smiles i think that's the first most one skills are relevant skills can be taught but personality can't be that is who someone is so someone comes to my kitchen and they've got uh they've got a cv full of three star two star chefs you know all of them sort of ones wonderful cool they probably have skills but they're an asshole no but someone's got no stars on their cv comes in with a massive smile to be like I like your food. I like your style. I want to learn. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You're coming in the kitchen. And um, we teach, we motivate, we inspire, we educate. That's the three words that we do in all of our groups. And I'm very fortunate. From a sous chef and above, yeah. I've never hired one. They've all been from my first restaurant that I opened up. So they're the commies, they're the CDPs that I've had in E1 wow. or in Caxton before I was even in my own restaurants. And they're with me today. It's incredible. You know, Stephen's worked for me for 15 years and he's been with me before I even had all my restaurants. Johnny, 12 years, and they're lock and tine. Connor started off as an apprentice. Now he's the head chef of Ugly Butterfly. It's Jamie started off as a CDP. Now he's the development chef. You know, and, uh, it's, it's incredible. It's, and, and Cleverson as well, the head chef of The Frog. He's been with me before The Frog was open. You investors in people. Are you investors in people? No. You should get that accolade. There's oh, a thing really? called investors. Again, Nicola on that. Nicola. In, investors in, yeah, investors in people because <laughs> it's did, what you know. do. And there's a whole thing that you can get to show that you are. And that's exactly what you do. And, wow. and again, for the naysayers out there, for Adam, I mean, doesn't that speak volumes? The fact that your team have been with you for so long. It's the people who have a rotation, a door that keeps yeah. on moving. That says a lot more, actually. It does. It hiring does. again, are we? Yeah. And again. I mean, come no, on, it, it, kudos. It's amazing. And it speaks volumes about its people because it's all heart and everyone gives a shit and they care and they're all in it together. hundred percent. And the, you know the thing that really fucking annoys me is people say, oh, there's a staff shortage out there. 
Sure, there may be a staff shortage. My restaurant has nearly 200 and odd staff. Yeah. I don't have any positions available. We always hire 10% above because our, our growth is we, we open restaurants and there's more on the horizon. Yeah. So we want, we want to... Uh, Compensate almost. So yeah, got we, those we never hire a head stuff. chef and we never hire a restaurant manager. That's amazing. Never, never, never. And we only open a restaurant not because I like the stress of opening restaurants. They're actually the worst. My most horrible part of me is when we're opening a restaurant because it's so fucking stressful and I'm a little bit more snappy. We don't hire head chefs or restaurant managers so that they know the brand, they know what we're doing, they know the standard, they know everything. So when they go in it, they're doing it. So I open restaurants because I have staff that need to rise up. Yeah. Not because I like to have lots of restaurants. Yeah. I don't want them to go somewhere else. Yeah. So we open a restaurant for them to succeed. And then they feel like, oh, yeah, now it's my turn. I've waited so hard. And I think that's the reason why our retention is so good. We, uh, we look after the team. And, I, you know, lockdown happened. We lost three restaurants. and Well, four, one, one in Chelsea as well. And we didn't lose a single member of staff. No staff was gone. That's amazing. I got rid of my house. We had enough money to, to keep the, the group afloat for a little bit, which I thought lockdown would be far shorter. So that dried up. Um, but, <laughs> but we kept every single member of staff so that when we reopened again, we were good. And we did Haim, so we opened with two more restaurants. Uh, and that was because that I had to house the staff. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was very, 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 very successful. And I think people are the most important part of the business. 100%. I got my name on the door and I'm in some of the... Re- I mean, I work almost every single day. Yeah. Uh, and um, wherever I am, I'm, in, I'm on the pass. Yeah. But the team that continually push are not... It's, it's, the, it's the fuckers that are in there at seven in the morning till one in the morning. Yeah. It's that they're working so hard because they they're believe the in cops, the vision. They, oh, my God, they're incredible. So when, when a business is struggling, yeah. you look after your team and vice versa... When a business is struggling, they'll look after me. When they're struggling, I will always look after them. Amazing. Whatever it is, uh, even if it's, you know, something strange that uh, is completely unique to one, mm-hmm. we'll do. Yeah. And the, the group's very, very, very strict on it. I own the thing. Yeah. I don't have, an, I don't have a, a, a group of people behind me looking at, looking at P&Ls to be like, mm, your percentages aren't right here, get rid of these, do these savings. No. My business is run on people. And I think that's the one thing of why it's successful. Everyone in my restaurants are full. Yeah. Because of the vibe. Happy people produce better food and better service. Yeah, 100%. It's all heart. It's genuine. It's yeah. real. Yeah. And if you've got a cock running the top, it's being it the, the, the chef or, or the, the head sommelier or the, the restaurant manager, the rest of the team is more negative and it's just more mean and the service is even Don't shitter. Don't want to be there. Hate then, their job. Yeah. Want so to get out. We do get the odd toxic person come in. It's got, yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, do you people want to? People at the end of do the you day. want to be here? No, you don't need to do your notice. See you later. In. You can, you, you're more than welcome to go. <laughs> yeah. So if you had your notice in, that one month's notice. Technically, it's only a week on our side. Yeah. We'll pay you off for a week. Get out. See you later. You, yeah. You're not happy because I want you out. So go go and work somewhere where you're happy. And I don't need that poison in my uh, operations. One bad apple affects the rest of the fun. And, and the great thing is, all of our restaurants uh, are paid the same. Okay. So we don't pay more in London than we do everywhere else. We pay one salary for the position, across the, the whole, every single position all wow. over the country. That's great. And the reason why we do that is because people build up a life. Yeah. You know, they've got standing orders, they've got bills, etc. that sort of stuff. And it also means that when I need one of them to go and work in another restaurant, they don't need to worry about, oh, I'm going to get my, less you know, money or yeah. this or that. So just say Cornwall gets a little bit more busier for the summer. Right, you guys are all down there. Doesn't mean that they're going to go down to the, they're going to drop. It's the same. 
Yeah, it's nice. Uh, so that their whole family and their whole their whole structure, they don't need to ever worry about the the financial side of helping the brand, yes. helping the group. Yeah. Um, and that, and we make sure that every single member of staff works in another restaurant at one time, not because we need them. We do cross training every them single to month. To the different sites and operation chefs, and change chefs, the scenery is good oh, for them as well. Chefs serve the food, and like when they're in the frog and they're talking about the the they're talking about the cod from Cornwall. They'd be like, I was actually in that restaurant and it's so beautiful. And then you talk about where it comes from. We talk about that. And then all of a sudden, they've just done your marketing for you because they believe in what you're doing. Yeah. And to be fair, it's pretty bloody stunning. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's just really wonderful. And the fact that I have a group, a, a massive group of people that really believe in me makes all of the haters out there irrelevant. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm super happy. Good. What advice would you give to chefs starting their career paths now? There's lots of different things I would say, but the main thing is to always be positive because things will be tough. Yeah. Always be positive. Find a chef that you would like to be because you're not going to be them, but you can take as much inspiration and, and, and their style uh, yourself to learn to be able to mould who you're going to be into and write everything down. Okay. I think that's very important. A lot of chefs are very sneaky with their recipes. Right. Oh, you can't see the recipes. It's only for the senior people. How the fucking hell are you going to be learn. consistent? Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you don't get to see the recipe, you're just getting told, do this, this, this. Our recipes come in our kitchen. Even as a stage, they're in a book. You want to take a picture? Who gives a shit? Take a picture. Go and do it your way. Okay. Yeah. I don't care about nice. that. We should share information. People know that fucking cheese donuts come from the frog or chicken butter comes from the frog. If someone wants to put it on on their menu, I do not care. Yeah. Go and do it. Yeah. Uh, And that's why I'm doing a basically show all recipe book. Okay. So I think chefs, young, find someone you inspire to. Yeah. Always be positive, even when things get tough, and write everything down. Good. Like that. It's very sage advice. Now, here you go. It'd be interesting to hear all of this because I remember when it was all happening. So I was busy getting hammered myself over in Mallorca. How has the pandemic affected your restaurant or your restaurants, restaurant group? And how did you adapt and evolve throughout? When COVID hit, I didn't know what the hell I was doing at all. I was literally trying to be, trying to pretend I knew everything and I knew nothing. And it was the lowest part of my life, actually. I never really talk about, you know, like um, being sad or anything. But, you know, we're all human at the end of the day. That was the lowest I've ever been. I had so many bills coming out my arse, left, right and centre. I had uh, landlords still demanding rent, even though we were closed. I didn't know what the hell the government was doing. All of these sort of little things. And it was like I was trying to push a double-decker bus sideways on my own. So getting through it was difficult. My restaurant group got pushed into just before administration. I had my uh, three places in East London demanding full payment of rent. My one in Chelsea was actually very good. They took off the rent, but they also took back the building. And my other sites, they did a part of the rent, not the full one. Right. But you're closed. You're a restaurant group. You have maybe, I would say, one month's worth of uh, bills reserved in your bank. Yeah. Two, maybe, if you're really, really good. You don't have fucking nine months <laughs> at all of there. And uh, people are like, oh, but you're on furlough. Are you taking the fucking piss? Furlough is a specific amount of base rent, not the trunk, which our group does support and help bulk up. Also, it didn't do the pension. It didn't do national insurance. And you still had to pay an accountant firm to run everything. Now, when you got, at that point, I had 200, I think 220 or whatever, 220 staff still on that. That's a huge cost to the group. 
and we would always make sure that every single one of our reserves went straight to staff. First and foremost. So I didn't pay any other bill. Yeah. And this is where I, I spiraled out of control financially in our group because uh, I, I had then bills racking up from everyone else. Now, for me, I was protect the team, protect the staff. Yeah. They have livelihoods. Yeah. When they're in the shit, I'm not just going to I'm just not going to kick them out. They, they had families, they had bills to pay, they had they had to they had to eat. Yeah. Um so then we created Hame, uh home delivery service. And uh oh my god, that was a massive success. Yeah, I know, wasn't oh, it, Jan? Fuck you know, it was that a massive was born success. Out of- it was born. It was born. Bloody genius! I it mean, was, my it, God! It was born out of the need he to had survive to. and bringing money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be creative. What can we do? What can we do to make the money? And and I remember we created him in less than one week. So it was basically the administrators had said to us, "You have until the end of this month to think of a way to uh, to lower the deficit of of uh, what you have, or it's full on administration dissolve of the company." Holy crap! And um, Obviously, that made me physically fucking feel sick. And yeah. I, was, I was in a dark-ass hole because I didn't know what to do. So we created this. Stephen and Nicola were very good at it as well. They, they supported me massively, um, even if it was just a bloody hug. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, because we couldn't afford to take people off furlough at this point until right. it uh, ran up, we were basically, myself and Nicola, were basically creating everything. You know, we drew the, we drew the logo. We bought as much packaging as we possibly can. And we only did it in London. Right. And I delivered everything myself. <laughs> I was in my car going yeah, around. Yeah, I'm on a business. Delivering, <laughs> de- yeah, deliver, delivering it all myself. And, um, Very humbling. I mean, oh, no, really, to have hey, to, uh, you bottom need to. line is, going to bring this money in and oh, back to basics and, big, yeah. Big time. So us. I wanted to create a home box where you get restaurant food at home. It's not you get one box and you get what the chef says and it's that for a month. Yeah. I tried to do a la carte of our most favorite dishes. Yeah. And then I make a video that was done on an iPhone nice. uh, of me opening it and preparing it um, so that you can see how to do it, a little QR code, and they can see all of that. Uh, and then packed it all up, delivered it all to their houses. And Personally. Personally. <laughs> uh, it was quite funny. Some people open the door and they, they, they take the food, they take the little bags, they close the door. And I'm walking out and then they open it and goes... Fucking hell, are you Adam? I was like, yes, it needs must. We have to, you know, we have to work really, really hard. And that, that was really fun. And then, you know, everyone, the amount of pictures, and you're like, oh, can we hug? Of course you can. It's really I, nice. And it, it was really great. But at the end of the day is when a team needs you, but can do nothing to help you because they physically can't because of government restrictions, you fight your little socks off yeah. to make sure that they're okay. Yeah. And that's what I did. You know, that was something my dad installed uh, in me, that you need to really, 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 whenever a bad opportunity comes your way, be positive, which I wasn't. I was negative because I was, I was in a dark hole. Yeah. But try and make something work. Yeah. Try, and, try and do it because you're not doing it for yourself. You're doing it for so many other people. And then it just boomed. We went to then UK and we were doing so many. It went, I remember seeing on your Instagram, the whole of Frog was full of boxes. Like the entire, like literally couldn't see anything other than boxes. It was amazing. It was really, it was really good. And in the midst of all that as well, I work with the Felix Project. Okay. And one of the ambassadors to there, I think what they do is bloody fantastic. And there was a lot of food waste in this pandemic that uh, that got donated. Okay. So we would make, we, we would work with them and try and make lots of dishes up to try and uh, ready ones, vulnerable people that couldn't get out, couldn't cook. And um, we'd freeze them all and then it could just be microwavable in, in there. So I think we did something like 17,000 uh, dishes during lockdown as well. Response. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. But the great thing is, because that one was a charity, we can bring some of the people back. Yes. Okay. And... 
the people that we brought back weren't the senior team. It was the people that lived on their own. Okay. Because a lot of chefs, we had quite a lot of chefs that aren't British. Right. So they, they, they couldn't go back home. They're staying in shared accommodation. On They're own. in their own little room. And the it's one thing to... that's going to break someone's mind is that if they work every day and then they're stuck in a box, not able to do anything, that's going to fuck them up. Yeah. So we made sure we brought all of them back first to be like, if you want to help with the charity stuff, you can. You don't need to. Yeah. You don't need to at all because this is charity. It's not work. And every one of them bit my hand off. They just needed to get out of the house. Yeah. Uh, they need to get out of the house, need to do something. Engage and, their brains again and yeah. just get back to it. So yeah. we would just get, we would get a delivery from the, the charity of um, loads of surplus everything. And then they'd be like, what are we going to make? And then that was it. We were just making stuff up and, and having fun, but just to see them smile again. Because we would try and do a Zoom call at least once a week of how is everyone doing? And then uh, maybe in games and things like that. And you could see they weren't happy at all. It was sad. You couldn't even, I couldn't have them around my house. Like my house is always full of people. So to be able to bring them back and, and see them smile and for their and mental health, Jesus Christ, it was better for them than anything. Right. Amazing. And also, so I remember going to your ugly butterfly opening just before everything just turned to shit. So, but then look at where it is now and then, you know, get through all the shit stuff and then takes you to places you never could have imagined. And now look at everything. So, yeah, yeah for sure. There we go. Wow. Kudos. Uh, that then, and Hame is, is Hame still an ongoing thing? More, more, more of an event thing. So, okay. you know, Valentine's Day, Christmas, New Year's Those Eve. Big occasions. That, yeah, that one's purely because it's not a dark kitchen. It gets done in a kitchen by proper, not proper chefs, they're proper chefs there as well. But I mean, like, <laughs> our, team. our chefs, our team, um, we don't outsource anything. Uh, so, you know, restaurants are full. So Christmas is the next one, really. That Christmas is the next very one. popular, I'm sure. Yeah, Christmas it's uh, really good. We're, we're going to be doing Christmas breakfast and Christmas Day Ooh. and then, you know, all of them sort of little ones um, and that is great it's, it's bloody great value mm. uh, a lot of work for us but great value for them and to be fair that's what we want wonderful love it okay final question can you share any wisdom from the experience so far with others have you changed and has your cooking changed i've changed and my cooking's changed right every year you do this job you'll yep. change of course you'll change from the people you meet your, your experiences experiences the, the things you learn so I've changed. I used to be a lot more uh, sensitive. Really? I used to be a lot more sensitive. <laughs> I used to get. I thought you were going to say cocky. <laughs> uh, you have to be. You have to be proud of what you do. And what is cocky? So cool. co- cocky. Someone saying I'm happy of what I did. I- I'm no, proud right? of what I did. Yeah. <laughs> but you know. Don't give me shit. I'm allowed to. For sure. For friend. sure. But no. You were sensitive. I was super sensitive. Like I always what? wanted, I always needed someone to. I always was trying to um, please other people. So and seeking I seeking validation. Hundred percent. I was right. always trying to seek validation, and when someone didn't like something, I would always try and change it. Okay. So that they would like it. Okay. And then I can be always the one that's like, oh, I like that, Adam, or I like that, and I'm like, fucking out now. I can give a fuck. Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think I've changed to realize that I like myself. Yeah. And I like what I do. Okay. I don't need validation. You're comfortable from, now yeah, in your own skin. Super comfortable. And that's what I meant from the cocky side. Was maybe you had like a guard up before as well, though, yeah. maybe. A little no bit one knew the real me. Yeah. yeah, no one knew the Strip real me. Strip that down and be like, here I am. Like me or loathe me, I don't care. Either way, you know. Big time, big time. And I think that I'm more happier that way. I'm much more happier now. You're marching to the beat of your own drum. Oh, big time. I'm, ha- I'm happy with my no. life. Uh, I'm proud of what I've achieved. I'm well, proud of my team. For it. Uh, I'm very protected by my team and my, and my friends, which is really lovely. Of course. And that's all the comfort I need. Got your back. Yeah, exactly. Good. 
Adam, thank you very <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. But also just going back to talking about, you know, chefs who, you know, the advice you gave earlier and about chefs who, you know, to aspire to and the good eggs and the hard workers. And so I think, you know, not just listening to this interview, but off the back of just everything you're doing is hundreds of thousands of people out there and chefs and foodies alike who massively look up to you because you are doing all those things and yeah and kudos to you and well done for everything you do and for staying true to your authentic self and not allowing those people to pull you down and I think everything you've shared today is hopefully going to resonate with others to be able to also kind of think that way and do the same thing and realize that to not think about other people's opinions because they really don't matter at all. So you do you and I'll do me, I think <laughs> is the ultimate kind of summary. So thank you so much for Pleasure. coming on. And you're off to Singapore tomorrow. I am, yeah, to do the F1. So I've got a pop-up restaurant in the F1, which I can't wait to do. Which looks exactly like your frog, right? Exactly like the frog, but only it's three times the size. So it's 128 seats, five sittings a day over the three days. It's wow. going to be hard. So the team of London uh, is all going over. But if I can, if I can finish on one thing, yes. is people, people get scared of this industry mm-hmm. because it's hard and it's stressful and sometimes people think it's violent. But I can't stress enough that if you find yourself a good kitchen to work in, it's the nicest place in the world to be because you're with people that truly like each other. They want to help each other. You want to grow. So as much as there's a lot of negativity about becoming a chef, it's the best thing I've ever done. It's actually really rewarding to do it. So any youngster or any, you don't even need to be young, that really loves eating, doesn't need to love cooking, that you'll learn. You just need to find what a good mentor could be. Get in this industry because it's the best decision I ever made. And I'm sure if you're with the right people, it'll be the best decision they make as well. That's amazing. We'll finish on that note. Thank you so much, Adam. (laughs) Take care. See you later. See you later. And what an amazing interview that was. He is such a good egg and he's put up with so much flack over the years. I know that, yeah, he's amazing. And I hope that this interview may have even changed some of your minds out there. He is a little bit like Marmite, I think, but that's just because he's marching to the beat of his own drum and doing what he does. And I resonate with that because I know that I too can divide people's opinions. You know, people who don't like you feel threatened and that's your haters pal and then of course you got those who champion you and believe in you and love what you're doing and well they're your tribe so and I definitely consider Adam someone who is part of my tribe for sure love him and think he's brilliant in all that he does and I think testimony to that is how much he's got the most amazing team surrounding him as well which speaks volumes let's not forget his amazing cookbook that is right here on my coffee table and look it's just incredible the frog cookbook it is absolutely exceptional to have it obviously we talked about it at the interview and now to have it in my hands it's just incredible so do go out and get your hands on a copy and then of course there's the other books as well the one on waste which is a massive part of everything that Adam campaigns for and believes in. And it's a beautiful book, incredible, equally beautiful. And then one which is from Eve Bar, which is Adam's incredible cocktail bar below Frog over in Covent Garden. And it's all the cocktails. So it's really, it's very special. So get your hands on one, if not all of them. And that's it for today. Back, obviously, in two weeks' time with what will be our season finale. And just like that, whoosh, blips through very quickly, really, this whole season. And I'm so glad you're all enjoying it and loving it. Feedback has been wonderful and amazing. 
and even bumping into chefs when I've been going to do reviews in London and hearing feedback. It's been really great. So thank you all for your support and tuning in like you do. And yeah. I will be back in two weeks' time. Please go and follow us over on My Muy Bueno Chefs, of course. If you're not already, use our hashtag My Muy Bueno Chefs. Tag us. Be a part of our ever-growing community, which is only going to be growing even more next year with everything going on. With all things with Maca, our amazing culinary academy, which will be launching, and so much more. So good to have you all tuning in and being a part of it. And, and of course, go and hit up our Apple uh, podcast reviews, please, and give us five stars write a review every little helps and gets us out there a bit more to be heard by other chefs and foodies alike take care stay well and i'll be back in two weeks time 